Hello, dear friend, and welcome. My name is Cynthia Alice Anderson, and I'm the owner and founder of the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. I have been so honored to be able to offer these programs several days a week, and these programs I know are inspiring, they are supporting, and they are uplifting your life's journey. I want to see that continue, and I honor you for being a part of making that happen. So for over five years, we've been able to offer these programs, and we want to continue to be able to offer them. So over the next 90 days, we are raising $9,000, and that's going to get us all the way through the end of the year. So I ask you to consider taking the time to support the channel that supports you. And again, our goal that we're asking you to be a part of is $9,000 in 90 days. And we look forward to hearing from you, friend. We're honored to support your journey. And we always are lifting you in prayer for God's highest and best in your life. Blessings on the journey, dear friend. And I look forward to seeing you very soon. Welcome to Healing Your Family Legacy, here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. Innovative, evidence-based recovery that helps to identify intergenerational trauma, allowing for freedom and embracement of the healing process. Today, Episode 86, Relationships and Recovery, Part 5. And now your host, Dr. Donna Bevanley. This is Dr. Donna Bevanley helping you heal your family legacy. Welcome back. And uh, today I wanted to finish talking about relationships and, you know, tying all of this together with dating. I Last time I left off with when you're dating somebody, you look for the things that you don't like about them. And that sounds counterintuitive because when you're dating someone, it's like you're usually really interested in them and people are talking about all the things that they have in common. And, you know, it's like your your brain is just getting overloaded with happy chemicals. So, you know, to think about, well, I also need to be looking at the things I don't like. It's like that's really crucial. Because those are the things that destroy relationships. And, you know, I, I have heard people say many, many times in, in therapy, but just not just therapy in day to day life where, you know, people are having conversations about their experiences with each other and saying, well, you knew this when you married me. Well, you knew this. After, you know, when we were dating and that's a, that's a critical because, you know, I've, I've oftentimes said, unless there's a, uh, breach in, in, uh, the trust of a relationship, like an outside relationship that one of the other, um, participates in, it's, you know, it's those, those things that are, you know, nagging at you, like, we call, we used to call leaving the cap off the toothpaste. And that was an irreconcilable difference. Um, but those things add up. They, they tend to add up, add up, add up. So they're really big after a while. 
And every time you see that cap off the toothpaste, you think they're doing this at me because they know I hate it and it doesn't take anything to, you know, to uh, put that cap back on the toothpaste. And if, if this is all that, you know, if this is how they feel about me, then you know, who knows what else they're doing and who knows what else they'll do that, that they know I don't like. And so, you know, we all make up stuff every day, all day long. We make up what people are thinking, what people are doing, why they're doing what they're doing. Most of the time, we're not aware of it. But when it comes to relationships, we are, you know, we make stuff up about the other person. And, you know, it's important to identify, wait, I'm making this up. It's not real. They're not doing this at me. And so to identify at least five things that you don't like about the person that bothers you. Before you take it to the next level after 90 days is really vital to your health and well-being. And, you know, I have, it's, it's been interesting to me that, um, people, I mentioned this last time that the people who have done this, who have been my clients have Every one of them have come back and said, wow, I am so glad I did that because the, the energy between us initially was so strong. I just thought, oh, this, this is the one. And then I did the 90 day rule, even though it was hard, even though that we found ourselves saying, well, it's been 75 days. Do you think Dr. Bevanley would be okay? <laughs> it's like, okay, that's another story. But, um, so they do it anyway. They do the 90 days. And then after the 90 days, they go, oh, wait, I, I really don't think I could live with this. Now, the part that is important in that is think. It's like, I don't think that I could live with this. So that person is, you know, making a decision based on their brain, not on how they feel. Because, you know, being in a relationship, a primary relationship where, you know, could you develop into long-term living together, marriage, kids, the whole thing. It's a business, people. Okay? It's a business. And yes, if you're strongly attracted to somebody, okay, you know that. But then you have to look at, okay, what do they bring? What do I bring? What don't I like about this person? And, it, you know, it's like, <clears throat> for me, if someone's attracted to me, they have to understand that, you know, I have some learning disabilities. And one of them is it's really hard for me to identify things that are out of order because my brain accommodates it so quickly. <laughs> so if, you know, if a fork is sitting out when it should be in a drawer... I'll look at that fork, and if I don't immediately put it back into the drawer, it could sit there for weeks because my brain accommodates it, kind of like, oh, that fork is there, and it's part of the it's part of the table or it's part of the the uh, shelf, right? And I know that that is a learning disability, and it's something I have to really work on. Uh, and I have worked on it just as an aside. I've worked on it over, over my life because I, 
I just couldn't deal with all the things that were out of order at the time. And what, and it turns out that I got a gift from that. And that gift is that I am not a procrastinator. I don't procrastinate hardly ever. I mean, I can't remember the last time I put something off. Why is that? Because I accommodate it. I accommodate that that's just how it is right then. And then I don't do it or I forget to do it or it just becomes part of the wallpaper. And so, you know, but once in a while it happens. Not not the big things, but the little things. And so if you're going to be in a relationship with me, you just have to know that. And if it drives you too crazy, then you're probably not going to be able to manage it. And I certainly won't like being not, you know, uh, nagged at about it. And so if I'm in the beginning of a relationship and somebody who, you know, there's a lot of good energy and all that, but they notice this, that, you know, it's like you seem a little bit disorganized. And I say, I would say, yes, I am. (laughs) And this is what I do about it. And so, you know, there you have it. I'm doing the best I can. And I've, I've become an, I, I've become a person who doesn't procrastinate if something needs to be done. And then if I notice, because now, see, I'm noticing. I'm not all wrapped up with, oh, when are we going to get together and do the thing? And, you know, it's like I am thinking about that. Okay, how are they going to react to this? Because it'll happen, right? And if they bring it up again and again, I'll know that, okay, at the end of 90 days, I'll say, you know, everything's going okay. But you know that organizational thing I, ex- I explained to you back in the beginning when you brought it up? And uh, I told you what I do to deal with it. And, you know, I noticed that you brought it up 13 times since then. I can tell you right now that bringing that up to me is not going to work out. Because, hey, you know, I, the story I make up is that you didn't hear what I had to say about it in the first place. And B, it makes me feel sad. Makes me feel bad. And I don't like that. So, are you willing to just embrace that? So, I'm asking this. It's like, are you willing to embrace that about me and just accept that, that I'm taking care of that business the best I can? Or is that something that just drives you so crazy that you're going to have to bring it up every single time? And I'll make a decision about whether or not I want to go forward in the relationship. That might sound small, but think about it. You know, think about that yourself. So somebody keeps nagging you about the same thing over and over and over again, year after year. (laughs) Is that going to really work out for you? Well, Considering that I know that this is not a dress rehearsal, it's my life, and this is it, no do-overs, I think, yeah, I know I won't like that. And it'll be a source of conflict. And there will be conflict anyway, but I'm not, I'm not going to take on a situation that I know is rife with conflict. So when I'm looking at the five things I don't like about you. 
if we're at the end of 90 days and you say, there's nothing that I have found that I don't like about you, trust me, that isn't true. They haven't been paying attention or they've, you know, just said to themselves, oh, it's not that big of a deal or whatever. Nobody's perfect. We all have those experiences. I remember, you know, a guy, because, you know, interestingly enough, men like this little thing better than women. (laughs) I have noticed that when the men come back to me and say, I did that 90 day rule, I'm so happy. And the women come back and once in a while they say, I did that 90 day rule and makes me really glad I did. Most of them say, wow, you know, it's like, I made it to 70, but I just couldn't go any farther. You know, women, here, here's a fact of life. For most women, we're afraid that if we don't become sexual with somebody as soon as they want to, they'll leave. So we've been trained that way. We've been taught that way. You know, I don't care where you grew up, at least in our society. The message has always been, you you know, you better you better be sexy, you better be available, you better be right there when he wants it or he'll leave, okay? Aside from that, though, um, you know, I just remember this guy that I had, uh, that I worked with a long time ago who, you know, was really capable, competent, successful man, and uh, he had started dating because he'd, he'd been divorced, so he'd start dating again, and he met this woman that he was, that he really liked. And, you know, so he said, do I have to do the 90 day rule? I said, Hey, it's up to you. You've heard me talk about it. You know what I think about it and why you do it. So he said, well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the 90 day rule. And, you know, he'd come back and he'd say, Oh, we have so much fun. And we have all these things that we enjoy doing. And, uh, you know, she's so, she's so able and she's so competent and, you know, successful in a profession. And it's so great to have somebody who's doesn't need me for my money or for anything else. Cause they have their own and, you know, and then, you know, I heard about this and, you know, one day he came back and he said, well, it's been 90 days. And I said, well, are you going forward? And he goes, no. And I said, why not? <laughs> And what he said to me was, he said, you know, that part about her being successful enough that she doesn't need me even for my money. Yeah. He says, well, she works 18 hours a day and she's on call. So she's not really terribly available, you know, because we might be out golfing and she gets a call and she has to leave and go take care of it. And he said, I know that I wouldn't like that. That's the only thing I don't like about her. But it's big enough that I know that I wouldn't enjoy that over the long term. And so he was sad about it. And so was she. But she understood that. And he, you know, he said, I just, you know, I really like her. We have so much fun. But I know there will be someone else. And sure enough, there was. But you know, men have told me that they like the 90 day rule because they feel like there's an expectation on them to be sexual immediately and to be the most amazing sexual partner in the world. And, you know, they have told me over and over again, 
It's such a relief to not have that over their head. Because, you know, when they're thinking about a relationship, they're thinking about, you know, what happens? How does this, you know, how does this uh, look long term? When they're thinking about it. Now, you'll notice I'm talking about thinking. Long-term relationships are a business. You do this, I do that, I contribute this, you contribute that. It gets even more complicated when there's children. Okay, who's taking care of the kids? When are we taking care of the kids? Who's getting up at night? It's all negotiation and compromise, just like a business. And it's a lifelong business. It's one that you don't actually retire from. You know, I mean, that's what most people, when they get into a marriage, they don't say, well, you know, I mean, as a joke, they say, well, this is, this will be good for my first marriage. Maybe some people actually do that, but most people, when they think about getting married or moving in together, they're thinking about their life, their life partner. And so you think about it in terms of business. And when you do that, you're more likely to get a partner who is a, you know, that you are happy to work with, that you feel like you can bring up issues to, that you can bring up, uh, you know, that you can get through hard times with. Okay. Like, you know, my, my, uh, wife who we've been together for 19 years and, you know, she, she had a bad accident. And, you know, it's like it changed the whole, you know, the next three months of our lives. And I turned into a caretaker and, you know, I was taking care of her and she takes care of herself just fine most of the time. But, you know, it changed things. But, you know, it changed things and we hardly missed a beat because we both, you know, we both did the 90-day rule. And we know what troubles us or what was troublesome about the other one. And we were just quiet about it because we embraced it. Now, you know, there's some things that you just aren't going to embrace. And if you do, you're delusional. Okay. Like I've heard it all from people who was like, oh, well, you know, I want to have an open relationship. People, it's never worked. And, you know, I had this argument with a person one time who was in a polyamorous relationship, which means that there were more than one, two people in the relationship. And I said, you know, and she was in seeing me. So obviously things weren't working out so good. And she was talking about some of her issues in it. And I just sat there and listened to her for a while. And I said, you know, it's not going to work. And she said, it is working though. We're talking about it. I'm here. La la la. And I said, she said, so I don't know how you can say it's not going to work. I said, well, how long have you been in this polyamorous relationship? A year. Oh, okay. I've never seen it work long term. You know, it's, it's too complicated and someone will be left out. And feeling like they're being betrayed. It always happens that way. So we're kind of geared to pair up. And when we do, and we do it, 
knowing full well what our situation is, who we're with, who they really are, as much as you can know that after 90 days, because there will always be things that you don't know about until later. Okay. You may not know that, you know, they're a terrible cook, <laughs> Um, because there might have a few things they do really well and they've cooked those things for you and you think, oh, this is great. I'm, you know, but they might be a really terrible cook once they get past those five things. I mean, there are things that will happen. You don't know how each other's going to parent, no matter what, no matter how much you talk about. You know, parenting is a big issue. And if you, you know, if you want to have children, you want to make sure that you're in a relationship with somebody who also wants to have children. And, you know, I can pretty much tell you that most of the time it's like, we need to do this 50-50 and, you know, we'll, you know, we'll do it that way. And, you know, we won't do it the way our parents did. Most parents, most, most people do it their parents' way or they do it the opposite and they get it all worked out, and then the child comes, and you never know what's going to happen. You know, that it's like putting a child in there will absolutely throw a curveball. And so if you've already been able to talk about things, and you've already dealt with some conflict in the relationship, you're probably more likely to be able to deal with having children now in the relationship. The first one will be the most challenging because that's the one that's going to change everything. And then the next one changes it in a different way. And the next one changes it a different way and so on. Um, but if you're talking to each other, if you're not all whacked out because they leave the cap off the toothpaste or, you know, they're disorganized all the time, it's like, if you're not getting all whacked out about that because you know who you got, then you're able to deal with those conflicts and those issues around parenting a lot easier. And situations come up. You want to, you know, I, I said this 10 times, I'll say it again, because people say, oh, yeah, I got that. Okay, you know, we're on the same page. I heard you. But then they go out and do it the same way that they've always done it. So you have to just stop and think, okay, when I start dating again, when I start, you know, having relationships again and being interested in, you know, meeting someone again, I can't do it the same way. And, you know, I used to say when I would talk about uh, codependence and what, you know, codependence is about, um, I would say if you feel so strongly attracted to somebody that you just feel like, oh, this is going to be the best thing ever, chances are you're just repeating yourself. Turn around and walk away or run away. Because if it feels that great that soon, it's just familiarity. Or it's just sexual energy. And, you know, sexual energy has a way of changing through a person's life. It's not always going to be that way. And so as much energy as there might be now, you know, it'll change over time. You want to be sure 
that the person you're with that you have all that energy about. It's like those five things that you discover after three months, that those five things are something you can embrace. Because those five things probably won't change. I mean, if you're lucky, they'll say, okay, well, I can see where that would be troublesome and I'm willing to work on it. Or they say, you know, that's all I can do. That really is the best I can do. Like for me, I I cannot rearrange my mind to be that organized. What I can do is not be a procrastinator because that is a behavior. What's going on in my brain? That's not a behavior. It's just my brain. And so if that organizational thing happens, I can't stop it. But I can decide I won't be a procrastinator. So when I see that fork laying there, I'm just going to go over, pick it up, and put it where it belongs. Because the next time I see it, it'll be accommodated. It'll just be part of the scenery. Okay? So, you know, if you, you know, when you're looking at your partner and you say, you know, I really don't like the way they chew their food. Well, okay, I don't think that's going to change. People try. Sometimes they try and, okay, well, I can do different chewing. Well, good luck with that. But it is so a brain issue. And it might sound like a behavior, but the only way you can really change that is to be reminded of it every time you put something in your mouth. And after a while, trust me, that feels like nagging. So you want to be sure that those things that trouble you, you can bring it up, say, well, the things I found that I don't like are these, 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 these. You know, you say what they are, not in a critical way, not in a judgmental way. There's like, here's my issue. It's about you. I don't like this. I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like that. And the person might say, well, those are things that I don't want to change. Then you ask yourself, well, can I embrace them? That means, like I said, that means I notice them, they're there, but I made a choice to be in this relationship anyway. And so when I see it happen, I just need to be quiet and move on. You know, if these aren't things that are harmful to me, but they just bug me, then I just need to grow up. And realize that there's no perfect person. And if I want somebody just like me, then I just need to be by myself. Because there isn't anybody just like me. And by the way, I am not perfect either. So, you know, there you have it. So, you know, those are really the main points that I want to make about dating and being in a relationship because it's the beginning. This is where you create the foundation of a lifelong relationship with another human being. And you want to know that who you got is who they really are. And you can't know that, you know, unless you're 16 
You know, most 16-year-olds aren't listening to me anyway, because I'm an adult. But, you know, when you're 16, there's just not a whole lot more to know besides who you got sitting there. Yeah, they might be family secret they're dealing with or whatever, but, you know, it's like when you're young, you're a teenager, who you're dating is pretty much who you got. So I'm talking to adults who have had who have had experiences in relationships and they want to make better choices. They don't want to find themselves in the same situation. That's mainly who I'm talking to. So remember, 90 days, discover the five things you don't like about the person. Make sure that, you know, they're noticing the things that they don't like about you. Have a conversation about it before you move on to the next level. And be honest with yourself about whether or not you can live with it. You know, I, I'm surprised at how delusional people can be. I know I can live with this and the back of their head going, yeah, they'll change. No. So. 90 days. And you'll be better off for it. Okay. See you next week. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healing Your Family Legacy here on the Experience of the Soul podcast channel. This channel is made possible because of listeners just like you. If you would like to support the channel with your tax-deductible contribution on an ongoing basis or through a one-time gift, head over to experienceofthesoul.com support. Healing Your Family Legacy is copyright 2022, Dr. Donna Bevanley, all rights reserved. Our theme music is composed by Dave Croft and used with permission. The Experience of the Soul podcast channel is a production of 818 Studios.